Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. We are here today on a beautiful springtime, summertime. Summer? We're full on summer. Yeah. <laughs> this is full on summer in sunny Hamtramck, Michigan. And I am joined by none other than... Uh... And this episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. Go to thescottcast.com forward slash AG. You know why, Ian? Because it makes your dick hard. That's right. <laughs> thescottcast.com forward slash AG. This is a burning podcast. See, we have a topic on this podcast decided for us. Yeah. I happen to be on twitch.tv forward slash spicy boy Charles. Uh, watching the spicy boy, boy Charles feed, of course, formerly known as Master Charles. You remember Master Charles, right? I do. That's right. Uh, there it is. I want you to call me Master. Yeah. So it's, I was uh, watching this feed, and I, you know, I, I miss talking with Spicy Boy Charles, and he's been very much interested in uh, the Scott Cast. He's been a listener mm-hmm. since day one, and he asked. Uh, I asked him. On the feed, right there. Uh, if you could pick any topic for us to do on Scottcast, I'm going to let you pick one. And uh, do you know what he picked? Can you, can you guess? You think it would be video games, right? Something like that, yeah. You know, you think it would be video games or D&D or some other nerd shit? <laughs> but no, there, there's like a soft side to Spicy Boy Charles. There's mm-hmm. a side that looks at nature like Henry David Thoreau or... Uh, Wolf, Ralph Waldo Emerson, like he goes out, he's he's like Walt Whitman rolling naked in the grass, you know, his dick getting covered in tiny little bugs, but he looks at the little bugs and he's like, you are my friends, we are one on this earth. Mm-hmm. He's talking to his penis. Is that what Leaves of Grass is about? <laughs> it is. I mean, did, you, did you read it? No. <laughs> Missed that part. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's the second stanza, he's, <laughs> he's naked in the grass. He's got a bunch of soil up his crack. Yeah. It's just it's poetry, you know. It's American transcendentalism. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a classic, yeah, and you should be reading these things. But uh, Spicy Boy Charles is a lot like this, and he said, Scott, the one thing I think you should talk about on Scottcast that you've never talked about before is butterflies. Okay, I'm gonna play a little butterfly sound effect. Let's hear it. Did you guys hear that? That was a butterfly talking. <laughs> butterflies don't make noises. I don't think they do. Have you ever heard a butterfly make noise? I've never heard a butterfly make a noise. I imagine if they could, it'd be like a little screech. Mm-hmm. A screeching butterfly. Because they'd want to do something to ward off predators because they're just so dainty and small. And they'll need some kind of reason, some kind of defense mechanism yeah. to ward off predators. I might want to eat them. They're a, a Pokemon. I guess it would make a noise. It'd say Butterfree or something. Butterfree. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only time I've ever heard a butterfly-like creature make a noise. Right. And that was a large butterfly. Mm-hmm. That butterfly was, if you kind of look at the show and you assume Ash Ketchum is a, is a child of normal proportions, uh, that was like a four-foot Tall, six foot wide butterfly. Yeah, that was a that that was a straight up eagle of a butterfly. Can you imagine how disgusting that would be in real life? (laughs) (laughs) 
Because like uh, all a butterfly is is just like a it's just an insect, mm-hmm. a disgusting six legged insect with a thorax, abdomen, and like a head with millions of eyes. You know, proboscis. What's a proboscis? It's like the mouth tube. The mouth tube. Oh yeah, that's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> Oh my God! We were watching something just last night similar to that. <laughs> we were watching From Beyond, the uh, Lovecraftian horror film from what was it, the eighties? Late eighties, early nineties. I don't know exactly the year. I yeah. think it was like eighty nine or something. Yeah, something like that. And uh, it was this guy who who like electrified a tuning fork, and it made the pineal gland, the pineal gland. Both were correct. It made that gland much larger. And uh, to the point where it was like this, like protruding, like little, little dick that came out of the man's forehead and just like, you know, kind of flopped around, gave him like heat vision or something. Mm -hmm. That was a good movie. It's fun. I liked it. Uh, Close to being a butterfly related thing. Because it's uh, the proboscis. Yeah. Yeah. So... What other butterfly parts are there? There's the wings. Mm-hmm. Did you know the butterfly's wings is the only wing in the insect community with scales? I did not know that. They have scales. That's what the that's what the colors are. Okay. Uh, I got some other facts for you. Do you want to hear some more butterfly facts? Let's hear them. Uh, what do you think a group of butterflies is called? A group of them could be anything. I have no idea. It's a flutter. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They flutter around. Yeah. Um, do you think butterflies taste with their proboscis? I, um, I would think that, but not necessarily. Don't the flies taste with their feet? Uh, I guess so, because so do butterflies. Yeah. That's such it's a an insect thing, I guess. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine walking around, <laughs> tasting with your feet. Mm. Oh my God! I guarantee you, everyone would have much cleaner, tastier socks. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose insects eat shit. Some of them, yeah. So you know, if they step in shit, it's like a ooh, nice little treat. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting, though. This is this is our transcendental <laughs> <laughs> Americanism. Uh, Beauty of Nature episode, butterflies, butterflies. Um, how many eyes do you think butterflies have? Like, what, what's a good number, you think? Um, I mean, they have two eyes, but they're like uh, compound, right? Yeah, they're groups of eyes. So I don't know. I don't know how many. Uh, what would you even call that? Uh, portions of eye they have. I got a lot of eye. <laughs> I got a lot of eye. Um, 17,000. Eyes. Okay. Right? And like, what do they do with them? Nothing. (laughs) Fucking stupid creatures, what butterflies are. Um, What do you think uh, the fastest butterfly on record is? How fast they go? Miles per hour. Mm. I'm talking a speed demon of a butterfly. Six. Six miles per hour. I don't know. And you, you are underestimating the butterfly. Yeah. Butterfly would fly circles around you. It's 37 miles an hour. Wow. Can you imagine that? Like you're just outside and you get hit in the head with a butterfly <laughs> at 37 miles an hour. That's uh, 
Impressive. Couldn't see couldn't see you in any of its seventeen thousand eyes. It was looking mm-hmm. behind it or something. <laughs> Had shit on its feet. Distracted. Did you know that butterflies have to reach a certain body temperature to fly? I think I had heard something like that before. I think there's other insects that are that way. If it gets too cold, it can't fly. Yeah. Is it bees that like can't fly at night or some shit? Yeah, they can't fly at night or when it's dark. Yeah, or something like that. Um, like there was this uh, this TikTok video or something I watched where they had like a bunch of bees in a in a fucking um, clear plastic box with like a night vision camera mm-hmm. and like they turned on the light and like all the bees were like all oh, wow get me out of here mm-hmm. and then they turned off the light and they were like they just drop down they just they just plummet yeah to the ground and it's just like a big crunchy floor um let's see let's do some more facts what do you think do you think butterflies poop or do you think they don't poop the fact that you're asking that question makes me think that they don't. <laughs> they do not. What a superpower. Like, if I had a, a butterfly superpower, I think I would take that superpower. Mm-hmm. They use every bit of energy that they receive. Wow. In fact, uh, um, there's only one... Um, I did a lot of research on this. I was up all night researching uh, butterflies. And... Uh, the only time that they even really use their anus is is when they come out of the chrysalis. They come out of their cocoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's apparently some kind of waste products that are associated with uh, the whole thing. And so, like, uh, let me see. What did they say? The waste left over from the chrysalis stage is ejected from the anus before the butterfly first flies away. This foul-smelling red liquid is called meconium. Okay. So that's the one time they shit. They just like shit out like previously used organs and then fly away. Cool. Isn't that sweet? That is pretty sweet. I would I would take that superpower if I was to take a power like a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He'd be Butterfly Man. <laughs> what does he do? Well, he doesn't shit except for that one time. It's <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> just the most rancid possible shit. <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, useless organs. I was going to say, I could use that information to mock children. If they, you know, that book, uh, Everybody Poops. Mm-hmm. Be like, butterflies don't, you fucking idiot. You stupid fucking Christmas. Apparently they do, just one time, though. Yeah. And it's their old organs. Yeah, just the one time. And then, like, as Butterfly Man, I would show them the video of that time. I would <laughs> out my, shat, shat out my organs. And I would uh, destroy them. I would destroy these children mm-hmm. and uh, any sense of innocence they may have had. That would be fun. Um, I'd go around schools doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they'd, they'd, wheel in the, they'd wheel in the fucking giant TV with the VHS player. <laughs> like, we got a presentation for you guys. Uh, the whole video is just a video of me shitting. There's no preamble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yelling because it's painful or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this pile of blood and organs on the floor. <laughs> and then like afterwards, I like fly away, like all of a sudden, like 37 miles an hour right out the window. Yeah. It's like some X-Files shit. This is a serious investigation. Maybe that'll be like the, you know, how sometimes in movies they'll have like the, the credits and then there's like a little snippet at the end, a little Easter egg. 
Mm-hmm. That'll be our Easter egg for zombies is like the sequel, the butterfly sequel. It's <laughs> <laughs> just this big ass butterfly taking a literal huge shit. Yeah. And it's like organs. Yeah. Out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good like teaser, like uh, at the end, like at the end of, the end of Marvel movies they do mm-hmm. where they like they tease. Oh, the next one's got yeah. this character. And like us, it's like <laughs> it's like an investigation. <laughs> There's like this guy going, oh, we found something dis- disturbing in the south side of the bee's hive. Uh, what is it? Another bee? No, evidence of a different species, mutated zombie mm-hmm. uh, mix. And it's like just the meconium, human-sized meconium. <laughs> and like a... A hole in the wild, the shape of a man with a butterfly. <laughs> His dick is the proboscis or whatever it's called. <laughs> that would be sweet. No, that is a good sequel. Yeah. You know? We originally were going to do it like just James Cameron, the sequel, where it's just, okay, imagine there's more zombies. Right. But imagine it becomes like the butterfly. Mm-hmm. The butterfly. All the pollinators. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's the pollination cinematic universe. The PCU. Yeah. Beautiful. Master Charles, if you're not going to write in after this episode, like, uh, I don't know what to do. We're doing a whole fucking episode on butterflies <laughs> for you. We're 15 minutes through, mm-hmm. approximately. Well, 14, 13. And uh, we have, we're not going to stop. We're going to do at least a solid hour. There's going to be an hour-long discussion on butterflies and uh different butterfly themed themes are you ready for this ian do you think we can do this we're doing it we're doing we're we're not losing steam no we just talked about a human-sized butterfly shitting his organs yep it's beautiful this is why we're the greatest podcasters this side of the fucking universe that's right walt whitman could only dream of a human-sized butterfly shitting its organs out right Oh, the wings spread from my back as my appendix slides through my anus with other vestigial organs, the kidney, the liver, (laughs) etc., etc. You know, he wasn't a scientist. I don't think he was. Was Walt Whitman a scientist? Uh, I don't know. Walter White was. Um, More facts. You know how much caterpillars got to eat before they can uh, enter the chrysalis stage, the cocoon? A lot. I mean, I imagine that takes a lot of energy metamorphosizing. It does. Uh, they eat 27,000 times their own body weight. Mm-hmm. 27,000 times. And uh, let me see. I am 150 pounds because I kind of let myself go drinking a bunch of booze. I think I'm like 160 pounds, actually, because mm-hmm. all my shirts are tight. Yeah. You know? And, like, if I, like, stand up really straight and suck my gut in, like, I can be like, hey, I look, I kind of look good and in shape, but I'm not. It's all pure fat, just, like, sculpted together, like, knitted by, like, the the weak fucking muscles I still have underneath all the flub. Mm. Anyway, so if I ate that much to become a cocoon man, Mm -hmm. this could be part of the butterfly script. It could. Butterflies with a Z. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that would be, how many pounds do you think that is? That's, uh, several tons. That's a lot. 4,320,000 pounds yeah. of, of my own weight. I mean, like, 
if four million three hundred and twenty thousand pounds went missing from the uh, American food supply, people would notice. It would be a news story. <laughs> <laughs> like I imagine that is like uh, what goes through Meyer in a year. Yeah, at least. At least. So that would be a good plot point. It's a lot of athletic greens. It's a lot of athletic greens. Like, I think if you get athletic greens, um, a month's supply is is like one pound. So this is like lifetime supply for like a state. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. A lot of hard dicks just walking around. All for one butterfly, man. And this is this is what I think is like the most existentially interesting aspect of butterflies and their life cycle. Because um, do you think spitballing here? But do you think caterpillars, butterflies have consciousness? A kind of consciousness. A kind of consciousness. Sure, I don't know how we're defining consciousness. That's a big question. It is a big question. Like for me, it's just, uh, you know, that story of your life, that experience that Mm -hmm. like, uh, whatever that is, like the fact that I'm sitting across the table from you and like, I can, I can see you and we're talking and I'm making Mm -hmm. decisions about each second as the, as time progresses. And so this would require long-term memory, working memory and like reasoning skills. I suppose so. Yeah. So in that sense, no, I don't think uh, butterflies have consciousness. But do they have like experience? You yes. Know? Of like, course. That is the main thing, I think. Maybe like there's some like this animal like trapped thing. Uh, a guy was talking to me the the other day, and he was talking about how wild he was at some sort of scientific study he read about, mm-hmm. where, and I don't know how this. Would be would like physically play out like in the experimenter's room, but they somehow told a man's right brain or left brain to do something, mm-hmm. and then they asked the other side why he did it. Like they asked it, like okay, get up and walk across the room, and then they asked the other side of the brain. I don't know how they partition it, but they asked the other side of the brain why did you do that, and it came up with a reason. Like, it was like, oh, I'm going to go pick up that mail or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to stretch my legs. It comes up with an excuse. Yeah. But the signal came, uh, you know, without regard to reason. Yeah. And they just made the, put the reason in after the fact. That's what people do, man. Yeah. That's, uh. Is that what I'm doing right now? Probably. I don't know. Oh, my God. Someone's telling me to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sending a beat like to that's, my brain. Uh, that's how trauma therapy works is like, uh, this horrible thing happens and you got to figure out why and your brain comes up with a a story and usually it's like oh I, i'm a horrible person i it's my fault mm. and there's all this guilt and shame about it and it's like no nah, someone was horrible to you and like you didn't ask for that and helping them kind of re uh re-narrate their story mm, okay so, yeah, so they, so <laughs> like you're going to go to one of these people and you're going to be like, look, you did fuck up, but you didn't fuck up where you think you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to gotta rewire where you fucked up. You fucked up in the way you told the story, man. 
personal growth. <laughs> but now that I think about it, um, butterflies may have consciousness based on your definition of consciousness. Yeah. Um, because going back to other pollinators, there was bee news this week. There's bee news? Yeah. What? Really? We're going to call that butterfly related because, again, pollinators, insects, we're in, the, we're in the domain here. That's right. But anyways, tell me about this. Bee news. Yeah. It's been bee a minute. News. Bee news. Bee news. I don't believe it. <laughs> Um, so some folks that are working on AI are, are pretty impressed with, uh, the bee brain Oh, and they're thinking that, uh, we have a lot to learn from it in terms of like how we can help AI be more efficient. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the, the big old details, but it, they're very efficient at making decisions on like what plants are good for what they need, right? They know okay. by like uh, whatever, I think color and type and they're, they're very like proficient at like knowing where they need to go and not wasting any time fucking around. Are they, I was out on the porch. I was having a little glass of wine mm-hmm. and I could not get these bees away from me. They wanted to get drunk. They know what they wanted. I guess they know what they wanted. They're like, you know how hard I work? I'm a bee. <laughs> I deserve a little drink. Fuck it. I, it. You won't even notice how much I take, man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get drunk on a sip. <laughs> anyway, so they're, the AI researchers are using the way like these bees classify plants and stuff and like how do they what do they are they like hooking up like little stickers to their bee brains like tiny little stickers and watching them fly around or? let me find the story so i can give you an accurate i would love to know how how exactly they're doing this also if you listen carefully you can hear a bee ejaculate you what <laughs> <laughs> way to bury the lead i'm jane my d We kind of talked about that before because they're like dicks rip off. It's a very violent act. Right, right. But you can hear it. It's audible. Oh my God, really? Do yeah, you, it's it, a little pop. Oh, <laughs> oh, poor bee. Yeah. Researchers have studied the brains of honeybees to develop a new kind of machine intelligence for decision making. While a bee's life looks simple on the surface, flitting through the air, sampling nectar and pollinating plants wherever they land... The decision-making process behind that seems seemingly random walk is more complex than meets the eye. I don't want to read like the whole article on here, but uh, computational decision-making often falls short in terms of adaptability, speed, accuracy, and risk aversion, especially when resources are limited, qualities that bees possess. By integrating principles derived from biological models, AI systems have the potential to enhance their efficiency, robustness, and risk aversion. Okay, so these are these are all qualities that they're trying to program mm-hmm. into the computers these days. So they're observing the behavior of bees as they explore color-coded flowers in an artificial garden. Flowers had a mix of sugar, syrup, bitter-tasting tonic water, and distilled water. After observing the bees' choices on a number of trials, they saw that the bees were making decisions in a way that contradicts common sense. 
Hmm. Surprisingly, B's decisions are not only highly adaptive and accurate, but are also faster when it comes to correct choices compared to incorrect ones. Oh, bees are smarter than us. Mm-hmm. At least when it comes to their job. This contradicts the typical speed accuracy trade-off observed in animals and artificial systems. Okay. So, so they got a certain type of consciousness, and it might be better than ours. They're uh, they're good at what they do, man. You know, I don't know if we can defeat the zombies. Probably not. <laughs> you know, but you know. Um, so perhaps other pollinators, such as butterflies, have similar uh, thing. I don't know. I think so. Like, and like, I kind of come up with that question: like, what is a butterfly's consciousness like? Because of what happens when it's in the pupa stage, when it's in the cocoon, mm-hmm. the chrysalis. Yeah. Like, I didn't know this until recently, but apparently, like, within that, like, hard shell, like, everything that was the the the, the caterpillar is just like a goo now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, let me see, it's a gel-like liquid, and, and there are many cells are broken down and reorganized. So... Like as a conscious being, what's it like to be goo in a goo in a little hard shell case? Yeah, that's wild. Wow, like I'm slishing around, <laughs> swishing around. <laughs> Does it feel good to be swishing around? As like, do you think butterflies like look fondly back on uh, on their cocoon stage? You know, and not a lot of decision making has to happen, or. A lot of decision making has to happen. Like, mm-hmm. like, do you think they are like reorganizing their body themselves? Can you imagine being a goo? Just full goo. That's no. That's wild. Huh? It's like fucking. Uh, it's like the fly. Yeah. Except instead of like going through the air or tubes or whatever they did, they they're just goo. Just goo. And then they reform into something else. A conscious goo. Yeah. Like, that would be a good part in the Butterflies movie where, like, the, the creature is, like, in the goo phase and, like, and like these explorers come in and they try to, like, rip it open and the goo starts, like, sliming out. Yeah. But, it's just like the blob. Yeah, it becomes it melts the blob. melts their fucking face off. <laughs> like, it attacks them and then it goes right back into its cocoon yeah. and seals it up. Hell and yeah. Continues being butterflying. So, man, that is a, that we got be, a second movie in the works here. We really do. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to cancel Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be good. I'm going to go to Argentina. I'm going to raise some money and we're going to film there. I'll fly you out mm-hmm. and we'll get, we'll get all the, all the, all the cheap labor and, uh, and, uh, film on location. We'll recreate Hamtramck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have them build, build up a sound stage that looks exactly like Hamtramck. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll fly Karen in or whatever, you know. You did. You crazy son of a bitch. You did. That's what I would say. You know, but it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, do I have any more facts? Oh, the biggest butterfly in history. It is not the size of a human. Mm. How big do you think it is? Wingspan. Hmm. When was it alive? Oh, a modern, like a okay. You know, as far as I know, it's not extinct yet. Uh, wingspan seven inches. Hmm. Eleven inches. 
Okay. Right. Like you come, you come at me with like a like an average size butterfly, and like I'm talking about like a ten inch throbbing <laughs> fucking porn star butterfly. <laughs> this butterfly is gonna like to do damage wherever it goes. <laughs> you know. Cool. Is there a beer butterfly themed? Um. Nah, not really. Are you sure? What kind of what kind of uh, what kind of like herbs and stuff are in it? You think there's pollen in it? Is like any kind of honeys? No, just hops and normal beer stuff. You think butterflies like hops? Probably. Let's see. You gotta do a taste test. I think you already did a taste test with this particular beer, but is it different this year? Because it's the DFC beer. I don't think it's different. Yeah, it says it's an IPA, but it's not. It's not even really all that hoppy. Really? Are they, are they watering a, it down? I mean, it's it's balanced. It's not like bitter, punchy in the face hops. It's like it's a refreshing, uh, balanced beer. Hmm. Good malt character. It's a good basic bitch beer. Yeah, I guess. Well, not basic bitch. You're supporting the Detroit Football Club. That's right. Eventually, we're gonna get messy. <laughs> but until then, well, we'll just we'll just deal with our current crop of European imports. Mm-hmm. I feel like this all European imports, probably. Yeah. It turns out uh, butterflies do in fact feed on hops. So this is this segment is going to stay. Okay. In. Solid. Cut it. The not the humulus lupulus. Mm-hmm. That's the American hops. The non-sticky pollen is produced in great abundance, and it is easily. Dispersed caterpillars of several butterflies feed on the hops. So there you go. Cool. Do you have uh, butterfly-friendly plants in our yard? That's right. What's it called? Uh, milkweed is one of the main things that uh, monarchs will attract to. But we also have a butterfly bush that's not doing so hot this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, a lot of other, like... Just pollinator friendly plants. But uh our our milkweed is like wild. Like it just showed up? On average it's like one to three feet. And ours are like over the fence. They're like taller than I am. Oh my god, you got some gigantic fucking milkweed. Yeah. You're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of meconium all over your fucking <laughs> backyard. It's gonna be disgusting. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um Here's more butterfly facts that coming off the dome. I didn't even write these down. I just came across them in my studies. Monarch butterflies. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned it. They feed on the milkweed. Mm-hmm. And milkweed is poisonous, as you know. Some of them are. Some of them are edible. Some of them are. Some of them are edible. I hear that the way uh, the, 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 the monarch butterflies as caterpillars will eat milkweed and that uh, this, in turn, makes them poisonous when they become monarch butterflies. And the mm. reason why they're so brightly colored orange mm-hmm. is a threat display. Yeah. You know, kind of like habaneros. Mm-hmm. How they're orange, because it's like, don't eat me, you're not going to like it. Yeah. And kind of like how Scott Cass's album covers orange. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to me, you won't like this. <laughs> okay. Um 
the the monarch butterfly is orange because it's, mm-hmm. it's a it's got a little bit of poison. It won't kill an animal, but it will make them feel bad. Yeah, It'll make them depressed, mm-hmm. which is fair. So, um, the th- trials and tribulations of Ian's poisonous backyard continues. <laughs> you know, how's the wolfsbane doing? No, that's a fall plant, isn't it? It blooms in the fall. Yeah, blooms in the fall. The it's growing like the leaves uh, better than last year because we. We moved in last year and transplanted it from somewhere else, and I wasn't real happy about being moved. It was all, fuck you. Yeah, but it's... Fuck uh, you. It looks healthier this year, and I'm sure the bloom will be lovely when when the time of the wolf comes. Oh, I'm so fucking leaving this. <laughs> you're you're going to start noticing that um, I, I'm never on the same side of the earth that fall is where wolfsbane blooms. <laughs> I'm suspiciously never there because I'm afraid of the wolf man. It's my one fear. Because you are in wolf form? Maybe you're here and you're just. I mean, there being are. a wolfman. There are times uh, at night where I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's because I'm a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's what uh, the werewolf. Um, mythology comes from is from just a guy getting drunk drunk yeah, could be <laughs> you know like everyone's just like you're a monster when you're like that <laughs> and he's like wakes up his clothes are all torn he's in a ditch somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i turned into a wolf again he's got meconium all over him yeah <laughs> <laughs> what did i do it's beautiful anyways wolves aren't have anything to do with butterflies oh butterflies are kind of Kind of got their own werewolf thing going on with the They're transformation. Metamorphosis, yeah. Yeah, the metamorphosis. Have you read The Metamorphosis? By, I have, yeah. You know, Franny Kafka? I mm-hmm. call him Franny. What do you think of it? Is it your favorite? It's, uh, it's a fun one. I haven't read it in a long time. I read it in high school. I found a, I found a great meme mm-hmm. on the internet um, where it's this, it's this man who's become a beetle in his bed. And he's like texting on his smartphone. Uh, and he's and he's texting. Uh, Are you sure I have to come in today? And like behind him is an Amazon vest. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome though if like you know you get some prime orders in. You you're getting like a a little feeder for butterflies or or like a little meconium like destenture, whatever. You get you're excited for that. Yeah. Come in and. The Amazon truck pulls up, and outside, out of it, crawls a fucking human beetle. Yeah. Trying to deliver packages because it needs his job. So we're about halfway through the podcast. And uh, do you think I'm uh, done with butterfly topics? Do you think uh, we've tapped out? Uh, nah. I think we got more. More that's, in the tank. That's damn straight. Because when, as soon as uh, Master Charles, Spicy Boy Charles, I should say, as soon as he told me butterflies, I didn't actually think of the, like, you know, meconium dripping out of their anuses. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the first thing I thought. That was when I discovered that later on in my research. I was like, meconium drip, dripping out of their anuses. Um, is going to be a primary, you know, reference. 
but it's not what I first thought of. The first thing I thought of was chaos theory. <laughs> I love chaos theory. I've been reading a book called about on chaos theory, and I don't know the finer points. There's always a, there's a few things about chaos theory that I always just find beautiful, and like I like the idea of fractals. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of like uh, there being patterns and and like larger events and like the, like a certain kind of repetition mm-hmm. and things that might seem chaotic like yeah. uh, like I feel like uh, there's a pattern to, to Scott casts mm-hmm. and like uh, like in like maybe every hundred episodes like you can look at the span of a hundred episodes and you can see the pattern of a Scott cast episode within this pattern of a hundred episodes yeah. Have Where? you ever seen the movie Pie? No. Is it a, mm. is it about baking? No, it's pie, like the mathematical uh-huh. thing. Okay, what's but that about? It's, what's uh, it's about patterns. It's about like a mathematician who's trying to figure stuff out, and then he gets into the like the golden ratio, the spiral thing, and he like solves the fucking uh, stock market. He solves the stock market. He's like, like oh, he's I like, it he, out. he just knows, yeah, what's going to happen. And then people are like, oh, we got to kill this guy. Okay. <laughs> and he uh, kind of goes crazy and it's interesting. But uh, that might be a fun watch. So he's the guy who's like, I know what the butterfly effect is. Mm-hmm. I'm not stumped by this yeah. shit. The mysteries of the universe are in the golden ratio. Turns out you can just do math. Yeah. That's all it takes. If I could do do a little bit of math, make a little bit of money, I'd do that. I'd do that. If I solve the stock market. But it's sort of one of those like unreliable narrator things. It's like very uh, paranoid throughout and like you're not sure if he's you don't just know sort of going crazy and hallucinating all this shit or if he's like really on to something. Yeah, there's there's something to be there's something to be said about the hubris of man and the <laughs> idea that he solved the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you solved it, huh? <laughs> you got an Excel spreadsheet, don't you? <laughs> that just reminds me of like all those tech bros, those the 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 Davids of the world, yeah. but even the crazier Davids who 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 are who are in it. Like, like I know exactly what to do. Yeah, all those NFTs going. <laughs> all those NFTs. It's <laughs> gonna go big. Got an NFT of my dick. I'm gonna sell it. But uh, the butterfly effect. You know, you know what the butterfly effect itself is. Yes. All right. Give it a little. Give me a little. It's like a small event can impact the world in a great way, such as a butterfly's wings. I can't remember the the initial uh, metaphor, but like butterfly flaps its wings and there's a fucking tsunami somewhere because of like the displacement of air or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, sensitivity and initial conditions mm-hmm. is the is the jargon version of yeah. it, where it's like uh, any given system, like uh, even the smallest changes in the initial conditions will produce drastically different results. Yeah, and uh, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been thinking about Scottcast. I'm in I'm in a transitionary period of my life mm-hmm. where where things are changing, and so I'm just like, uh, like, like for Scottcast in particular. It's like what needed to happen in order for this show to exist. I mean, first off, we have to meet, mm-hmm. you know, and how sensitive was that? Uh, you can go all the way back to like 2012. I'm on OK Cupid, 
and uh, I'm sending like lewd messages all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, one person's just like, yeah, okay, I'll meet you. Yeah. I meet that person. Uh, Years later, we're friends. Mm -hmm. I go see this person. They're hanging out with none other than Bronwyn and Ian Dixon. I'm like, can I have your friends? She's like, sure. So that's how Ian came into my life. Yeah. Short story. <laughs> Short story of it. Also, I wouldn't have been there if I hadn't met Bronwyn, who I also met Same. on OKCupid. Okay OKCupid okay is the start <laughs> of ScottCast. <laughs> this podcast would not exist without OKCupid. Okay that site, that wonderful site. That was back in the day when, uh, when like you had to fill out like whole profiles and mm-hmm. like it looked like an actual page. The profile people right. have, yeah, like the pictures they had were like two hundred fifty pixels wide max, and uh, you sent letters to people. Basically, you just wrote long, long uh, messages mm-hmm. full of lewd content, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it worked. You know, like. Uh, I feel like it worked better than the today's hookup culture apps. Yeah, you learn more about a person. You can do like the quizzes, and it tells you who you match with based on your answers. And yeah, you know, not not super scientific, but uh, it worked for me. <laughs> Good enough start. I think like like the big thing was like you like no matter what, like everybody had to put in some, like like effort. Yeah, it wasn't just like I've like swiping. I, yeah, it wasn't swiping. Like I saw, I saw like this one video of a guy. Like he, he like, uh, took a hot dog, like an Oscar Mayer wiener mm-hmm. and, and he put it like at the end of a drill, like a drill bit. And like, he, he like put the drill, the wiener on his phone screen and he did the drill and the wiener was just going like crazy, just like, <laughs> like circular. And it just kept swiping people. Right. Sometimes left, sometimes right, mm-hmm. right, right, left, right, right, right. And like, <laughs> it was just like the perfect the perfect visual for what Tinder is. It's just like this wiener just, just, just moving through just herds of women, mm. you know, and uh, it, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing, but that sensitivity on initial conditions. If we had a Tinder um, option when we were uh, of that age and uh, this was, this would have been, 14 years ago, 12, 14 years ago, uh, Scottcast wouldn't have existed. Yeah. Like, what do you think podcasts would have started? You know? Like, we both have different podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be in the podcast game. You don't even think you'd be in the game? No. It's, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. What would you be doing instead? I don't know. Because you wouldn't have met Brownwood. Or you would have met a different person besides Brownwood. Perhaps it's hard to say. I, I mean, I'm not sure I would have went to grad school without Bronwyn. Oh, really? Yeah. You wouldn't have even done that? Wow. I mean, I had kind of had intentions to do that, but I was uh, I not think, not good with the follow through. Bronwyn was like, "Hey, you should fucking do it." And, uh, so I did. I think you would have been a crust punk. I know I might. <laughs> <laughs> you would have stopped showering at some point, yeah. and you would have rode the lines. You would have rode the lines of the great American West mm-hmm. and uh, gone to show after show after show and uh, bathing once in a while at rest stops <laughs> in the sink, just splashing it on you, <laughs> <laughs> leaving. 
Like, you would have probably had to amputate some limb of yours. Possibly. You would have had a small list of venereal diseases associated with you and uh, those uh, around you. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. What else? I'm, I'm trying to divine what would have happened. Like, I'm connecting to this alternate universe where where the okay Cupid guy was just like... Uh, just like tinder guide stat and yeah everything would have just been overly sexualized way too quickly mm-hmm. uh you can almost see kind of a how gen z approaches dating and stuff like that like uh the you know like the gender is gender dysphoria is that like the actual term for uh you know you're confused about where you're going and and all that or is that like an outdated term these days um, gender dysphoria is when you are trans, well, your, your identified gender doesn't match your, uh, sex assigned at birth. Okay. And that's distressing, obviously. Okay. I feel like, I feel like that, like there's so much more of awareness of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it has a lot to do with the, the way the internet's set up and, well, they've they've kind of realized that gender is just sort of a, a social construct that we've assigned to people. Yeah, so that like, <laughs> and it's like doesn't really mean anything. Like they're speeding through this kind of stuff. Yeah, there's not boy toys and girl toys. It's just toys. Oh, there are boy toys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a girl could find a use for a flashlight if she wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Scissoring it. <laughs> But um, you want to you want the two hearted? I no. got a, I got a cup of wine over there. I could just grab. Uh, uh yeah, I guess. <laughs> Take the two hearted. We we got more butterfly. We got I have a whole list of historic examples of chaos theory and butterfly to go go through. But how are we doing on time here? Uh, we we got about twenty more minutes. Okay, but like we we just we're good. we just cracked into like the actually yeah. good part of it. So yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> we forced Spicy Boy Charles <laughs> to listen to actual butterfly talk for like 40 minutes. <laughs> and now we're talking about like actual personal stories and like reflections in our life. <laughs> and no wonder you're extinct. But, um, so yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have started Scott Cast, uh, Ian would have been a crust punk. I probably, I don't know, I probably would have gone to a business school and uh, I probably would have gotten rich or something like that. And I'd be one of those guys, like, uh, like in one of those people I hated. Yeah, I'd be the exact opposite. <laughs> like, we would, we would still meet, and you, but you would try to kill me or something. <laughs> We'd be mortal enemies. <laughs> <laughs> that was like and like like we're like you're like in the throes of like like choking me to death and like like my eyes are going bloodshot and like <laughs> like you're feeling like the life like come out of me and 
and, and like you get this just glimpse into the alternate universe mm-hmm. and the entirety of Scott cast just like flashes before your eyes and you're like what the fuck <laughs> and then like as soon as like it's all over and like you're just like what the hell was that you look down at my lifeless body I <laughs> 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 like one tear from the crust punk lands on the capitalists <laughs> Now that's that's its own movie right there. We should fucking make that movie. Um, yeah. Another example of the butterfly effect for my for my recent life was just that uh, just just yesterday, like we were watching we were watching movies we watched from beyond, mm-hmm. and then we watched uh, a Godzilla movie, which was an, uh, by the way I completely recommend the method we used to watch that movie. Don't you? <laughs> it, was, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out super well. Ian put on his Sunra vinyls and we put the Godzilla movie on mute and we just mocked it the whole time and like listened, listened to like read the captions and listened to the Sunra album with it. And it, it was like sinking the wizard of Oz to pink Floyd or something. <laughs> Cause it just fucking worked. Yeah. Um, every time uh, Godzilla showed up, it just got real funky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a beat, which was great. Cause this is like the classic, classic Godzilla. <laughs> this is like the original, like couple, couple of movies where it was just a guy in a foam suit. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, you can watch these on Pluto TV, by the way, in the States. And, um, I did not realize at the time, like how, much these uh godzilla movies were exactly like like wwf wrestling (laughs) like that's all the fight scenes are yeah you just put put a couple guys in fucking kaiju outfits and like like plant tiny trees around them (laughs) and then they're just like stunnering each other (laughs) and like gloating and shit you know it's fucking it's amazing so i completely recommend people do that anyways outside um after this, like we got to the end, it was like midnight and like, we were both like just fucking blitz tired. And I was just like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't move. I can't go on. And so I leave and I'm walking down the street and I know it's Thursday night at the ghost light, which is like, uh, like Allison is bartending and like, there's always like a group of friends mm-hmm. who are there. And, I approach the ghost light and I hear the laughter of a one particular person that I'm just like, oh God. And I knew right there, if I passed by the ghost light, it could completely change the course of events of my night. Cause like I wanted to go to bed. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go to sleep. So I'm just like, eh, maybe that laugh wasn't exactly what I thought it was. What are the odds? So I can keep walking. I go past it. And then all of a sudden I hear, Scotty! (laughs) I didn't get home till 5 a.m. Oh, my God. (laughs) Butterfly effect. Sensitivity on initial conditions. Mm. Everything was perfect for me going to bed and enjoying a good night's slumber. Except for that one thing. That one person just standing right out there. And they're like, oh, come on, have one. I'll get you one. It's from for me to you. I'm like, oh, fine. I'm going to reject the man's right. offer. So I went. Didn't fucking leave until after. And uh, so I brought my recorder with me. Mm-hmm. I, I have a little... Uh, 
personal recorder mm-hmm. that I bring around because like when I want to take notes on something or like uh, for writing or ideas I have, I like to just, you know, quickly just throw it on a personal recorder with like a one button press and be done with it. It's easier than smartphones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had one and like I was having this conversation with this guy and I was just like, you know what? I'm liking this conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to record this. It's all right. It's all right. So I re- put it on, put it in my pocket, have a conversation. Completely forget it's going. Uh, I was at the grocery store today and I pulled it out of my pocket and it, it, it's like 15 hours of audio. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm thinking I might do this. Mm-hmm. I, I might just tack on at the end of this episode, 15 hours <laughs> of my life. Mm. And, uh, and people could be like, oh, my God. They talked about butterflies for a long fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's an hour of actual conversation and then uh, 14 hours <laughs> Of the results of a butterfly effect. Mm. But yeah, no, I'm probably not going to do that. That'll destroy people's phones <laughs> when they download it. It's like, why is this a gigabyte? <laughs> that is too much podcast. So we got some historic examples of butterfly effects. Yeah, let's hear them. Things that aren't necessarily uh, personal stories, but uh, little, little stories of happenstance um, that... You know, would they have not happened? It would have been a completely different historical epoch that we lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with World War One and Two. Uh, the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there was an attempt on his life earlier that day, and he survived it? So everyone was just like, "We got to protect the Archduke." People were trying to kill him, and. Uh, but like for some reason, his chauffeur didn't get the memo, and he drove him along the planned route. Mm-hmm. Assassinated. Instant start to World War One. Yeah. And we all know what happened after World War One. A certain, uh, a certain young man applied mm-hmm. to art school. Mm-hmm. You know how many times he applied? I don't. Twice. Yeah. Rejected both times. And he was like, fuck it, politics. There we have Hitler. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, you, you're you running an art school? Like, you've got a quota. You can't you can't go over the quota. You're like, um, I need a, I need, I got 15 people to teach right now. I got to, ah, this guy, he keeps applying. It's okay. It's not that great. It's not it's okay. Uh, he's applied. He's, this is his second time applying. Well, if it's his second time applying, he'll apply a third time. We'll get him on that round. All right. Uh, we'll yeah. Send out the rejection letter. Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate. Oh, my God. That guy's got to have... I don't know I don't know who who's the one who was in charge of uh, that uh, Art Academy of Fine Arts in Vienna there, but he's, yeah. he's got to have some thoughts about Butterfly Effect, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, maybe. I mean... I'm I'm sure if I was in their position, I would have some guilt about it. But uh, at the same time, you know, it's they've got their standards. And, yeah, uh, he wasn't up to snuff, and they can't be responsible for his. You know, that's exactly what Hitler thought. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got my uh, standards. <laughs> well, 
that's different. <laughs> These people aren't up to snuff. <laughs> you see, it's, yeah, it's a little different. Uh, you know, operating they don't assassinate academy. you when you don't get into art school. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to call me master. Yeah. Um, more World War II, though. More World War II butterfly effect. Yeah. There's a there's a city in Japan that's known as the luckiest city. Mm. Um, you look outside. What what's the weather like? It's a fairly clear clear day, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. It's pretty clear. It's kind of blue skies, and that's a nice thing, isn't it? It's nice to have a good blue clear sky. It is. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes it's not. Uh, the U.S. initially intended to bomb the Japanese city of. Kuroku, Kuroko, uh, because it had a munitions factory, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to uh, bomb a city. A logical target to hit. Hit, yeah. hit the, hit the, the military instead of the civilians, yeah. Yeah. But on the day the they planned to attack, there was cloudy weather over Kanoko. Mm-hmm. And they tried a bunch of times to like fly over. They flew over like three, four times, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't aim the thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, this is before, like, probably good radar stuff like yeah. that. And so they were like, fuck it, Nagasaki. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Mm. Oh, beautiful day, right? Ah, oh, that's good. Yeah. Butterfly effect. It's getting dark. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going darker? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Yes. Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> Talking about... So, like... Like, I feel like we're in this weird timeline where everyone all at once, no matter how stupid the leaders were, the leadership has been, mm-hmm. we... There's been very little use of nuclear weapons. Yes. We're the only country that has used them. Yeah. USA. <laughs> USA. That was like in the cockpit dropping the little boy, little <laughs> fat man. We've got to be talking about nuclear weapons because Oppenheimer came out. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they're, they're paying us to promote mm-hmm. Oppenheimer. Sweet. This weekend. So, so I brought, I made a list of topics <laughs> that's somehow related to butterflies. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, apparently, we all owe our lives to a single Russian uh, named Vasily Arkipov. We owe our lives to him. I don't know how the fuck to say his name. Anyways, old Arkipov uh, is considered the man who saved the world. They were um, in a nuclear sub. Mm-hmm. Underneath the uh, underneath the sea, and they were away from radio contact. Apparently, there were some like uh, some like warning shots thrown off in the sea mm-hmm. to be like, "Hey, surface guy, submarine, mm-hmm. we want to talk to you." Uh, so they th- threw a bunch of warning shots around this submarine, but all it did was um, uh, to cut off communications. Mm-hmm. So this Russian submarine's just like we're on the brink of nuclear war. We can't contact anybody. That must mean it started. We got to do our patriotic duty and, and fire off our round. The entire sub voted yes. 
we're going to fire off this nuclear missile. Mm -hmm. And if they did, uh, it would have caused a chain event of like retaliation. They estimate that half of Britain would have been detonated, completely gone. Yeah. You know? Uh, there would have been uh, bombs in Washington, D.C., in L.A., New York. There would have been all um, bombs in uh, Moscow and, and uh, all the uh, all those powers. Uh, but one man was just like, eh, let's wait. <laughs> he happened to have veto power. Good call. And uh, crisis averted. We still have British British people for all they're worth. <laughs> um, second one the last last little bit of butterfly from history mm -hmm. the Berlin Wall um, originally the Berlin Wall was not supposed to come down uh, originally the action that was going to be taken was that they were going to start considering uh, allowing migration between the two states okay you know, so each state would have retained its independence and stuff. But uh, a guy, much like myself last night, was partying way too hard. And he was super tired. And he was like a bureaucrat. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, he got to work. And he, in like they shoved like this paper into his hand and told him he had to go address the press. Mm -hmm. So he goes there and he's just like reading it like live. <laughs> it's a lot like a Scott Cass, honestly. It's not like this Scott Cass. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're turning it down? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, do you, what do you said? It was just like, uh, he was like, um, he was rushed, tired, going to the conference. He didn't read the official release. Uh, he was just handed the paper, and he was like, uh, looks like uh, the government is now authorizing travel freedom. And that's how he said it. And uh, some reporters was like, you know, they got their sleep. They're like, let's get some details. Um, like, when does this take effect? And he was like, now, I guess. <laughs> it's like, whatever, just tear it down. <laughs> so, uh, like, instantly, you know, hordes of people on both sides come. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're, like, pressuring the guards. Like, let us through. The guy said it was travel freedom now. And like, uh, like they were like, no, no, that's not, that's not what it is, that's not what it is. But like, they were pressured and pressured and pressured. So they, you know, they finally let a couple people through, and then that really pissed some people off. And then so they just started like tearing down the wall, and then boom, yeah, end of communism in Germany. Now we got things like Angela Merkel. <laughs> <laughs> so butterfly effect, man. Yeah, you know what else could have happened. What if? You know, it's fascinating topic. It is. You know, like, uh, do you think? Uh, do you ever think about that? You know, besides, like, you know, Skycast, obviously. Like, what if something happened, and where would you be? Mm -hmm. Is that? Is that? I always think about that. I always think about because, like, I've been in my life like so many different versions of me. Well, I mean, with my my final destinations, I was. That's right. Like. On the brink of just not being several times. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and like only a, only a couple of them would have resulted in like good Scott cast content where I come <laughs> on the air and be like, Ian's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I've uh, made an AI version of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be pretty good. Um, 
Let's see. Let's take a quick break. Sure. First, let's listen to an advertisement. Tomorrow is the beginning of another weekend. Two whole days to relax and have fun. You'll be planning picnics and backyard barbecues. Just be sure there's plenty of Pabst Blue Ribbon cooling in your icebox. Tomorrow morning, ask your dealer for a case. In cans or bottles, dealer. Pabst Blue Ribbon is the <laughs> finest beer served anywhere. Your taste will tell you why. And we're back. <laughs> so, Ian, are you going to call your dealer for some Pabst Blue Ribbon? Sure am. <laughs> He's kind of like, he shows up with a backpack and like <laughs> tells stories to you for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> That he's got to go home to feed his fucking lizard. <laughs> that's a that's a, maybe something a little butterfly effect right there is uh you know uh, back in the back in the day what if they banned what if they banned alcohol for, instead of uh, weed mm-hmm. and they stuck to it like we'd have uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon dealers yeah coming by and we'd just be now legalizing bars but like it would be like this weird like system where like you go into the place and like it's all like shiny and shit and they're trying to make it all cool and modern <laughs> and like they're open up like cans of paps blue ribbon and like in front of you and like they're like have a smell of this <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite a world yeah you'd be constantly stoned <laughs> um so uh you you came up with a interesting Interesting question that I feel mm-hmm. like we should uh, like end this pod with like considering. Um, you you asked if I should become a chrysalis, mm-hmm. and uh, if we should become a chrysalis and and metamorphize into some greater form, mm-hmm. some final form. Where where do you think we would go? You know, like would we become beautiful butterflies? Like, I kind of, sometimes I feel like uh, I've been through a chrysalis stage in my life. Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, like my 20s were probably considered, could be considered a chrysalis. I could see that. That's a pretty formative time. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not a caterpillar anymore. It's like crawling Mm -hmm. through school. Right. But you're like released into the world and like, you don't really know who you are. You're just a big gooey slob of a person. Yeah. And like, uh, Everything you can change like on an instant, like like uh, there, like me in 2012 was completely different than me in 2015. Completely different from me in 2017. Yeah, completely different from me in 2019, and then now it's 2023, and uh, I have metamorphosed into whatever this sexy creature is. I've I like came out of the goo and took, I was just a big I'm, a, I'm just a big fuck machine now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you know I, I I didn't choose this form. This form chose me. <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. If I like if I could voluntarily actually become a goo form, mm-hmm. and then like what kind of life form? You know, assuming, like, a great amount of consciousness within the goo form, Yeah, right? I mean, I, I guess that's not necessarily a, a conscious thing that butterflies do. They're, I don't know much of the biology of it, but I imagine there's, like, stem cells that gooify, and, like, they, they know what they're supposed to be, right? Because all the caterpillars become butterflies. <laughs> they don't turn into other shit. 
You know, it could be that, or it could be like um, how everyone who does crystal meth becomes a meth addict. <laughs> like, like once you get into that crystalless form and you turn into goo, it's just you just can't resist the idea of being a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I've got to do this. Like, if we 12-step some of those fucking cocoons, they'd come out a squirrel. You think so? Possible. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be interesting to, like... uh, I know we've been, like, uh, sequencing genomes for a lot of different animals. I don't know if we've done it for butterflies specifically, but what do they share genes with, and what what could it be? What could it be? Like, little changes here and there? Yeah. Like, most... I mean, most... um, DNA is shared between all living creatures. It's yeah. like 95% it's all, is the same. We're all from the same tree. Yeah, like literally. Like trees and us, 95% similar. You know? Us and monkeys are like 99 or something like that. So like, yeah, just like a 1% change in the genome. You could be any creature. I mean, like, I would like to say I'd be a dinosaur. Yeah, I'd find a way to be a dinosaur, and I think I would be—I think I would be a sauropod. I would be a long-necked dinosaur, mm. you know, because you wouldn't be a packy. Oh. <laughs> In some ways, I'm already a packy. <laughs> Thick skull, <laughs> constantly ramming into things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be—I would be a sauropod because, like, I—I'm giant. I'm enormous. Nothing can take me down, and I just spend my life walking around eating leaves. Mm-hmm. Like, it's simple. It's a good, simple thing. Um, you know, you, you wonder, like, exactly how much leaf a sauropod really has to eat. Like, am I taking down whole forests as I wander the earth? Possibly. Probably. You know? But uh, that's a good life. Just, just raising forests. I'd be like, uh, you know what? And people can follow me. They could follow me around and like they could like get the wood and like I would be, I would be at the forefront of deforestation. Mm-hmm. I would be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Just eating. All and right. Living, you know, what would you be, man? Like if you had, if you could, if you were a chrysalis. You know, I might want to stay into as the goo as a chrysalis for a while. That, that uh, might be I would, I would kind of a, a cool experience on it. I would take I a chrysification is what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I would take some time to think about it for sure. Yeah. In goo form. Um, I don't know. Am I thinking of like uh, ideal existence or am I thinking of like survival? All right. Let's, let's go start with ideal existence. You made sauropods sound pretty good. It does sound pretty good. I like the idea of being the leading form of deforestation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in in that it's simple. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, predators, uh, if there's nothing to eat, you just starve, and that sucks. Uh, I'm sure, like, that's an attractive thing to be because they're powerful and fast and cool to look at, but... But they're slaves to their power, and, yeah. and it does. It, your life does depend on the on, on the herbivorous population. And right. any and any like uh, ratio, there like the ratio of like predators to prey mm-hmm. is like always like five percent predator, right? Ninety five percent everything else. Mm-hmm. World can't sustain that many predators. 
So tortoise might be cool. One of those like 120 year old giant tortoises. They live a long time. They don't. They're not that complicated. They just like chew their leaves and make velociraptor noises when they fuck. Oh, they do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> let's let's get that video out. <laughs> I want to watch that. So you would be a tortoise. You would you would uh, keep it real. Yeah, it's it's pretty low stress. Yeah, I mean that kind of makes sense for you, man, because you're like you're like like your your cruise rate, your cruising like speed is is pretty laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, like like uh, like if we're hanging out and like we're watching a movie, like. We could very well just sit there, not talk, just enjoy the movie, and like, boom, that's that's it. It's nice, it's slow, just enjoying a good bask in our yeah. f- the sun of our friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, very turtle-like, very tortoise-like. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, like, uh, uh, there is uh, the idea that tortoise wins the race. You know, yeah, tortoise in the hair. Like every time we're playing board games, you're always kind of like slowly figuring things out. You're uh, you're developing a strategy, and in the end, you you come out ahead. You come out ahead completely. Anyways, sometimes. Anyway, and also when when you have sex, this is your the sound you make. You know, I think I think you you've you've nailed the most pleasurable animal to be because this animal is definitely experiencing some kind of peak pleasure. <laughs> like um like like they say that like like animals for the most part don't necessarily enjoy sex. They just they're just driven to do it. Yeah. Like some animals seem to have recreational sex like uh like dolphins mm-hmm. and, and obviously humans, but like I mean that turtle is fucking (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like I wouldn't I wouldn't um I would not deny the like physical ability to have this much pleasure. <laughs> like, like I, I enjoy, look. I'm a man. Mm-hmm. You're a man. We live in a modern age. I enjoy uh, like being intimate with my lady. Yeah, you know, and like, and like it's it's a it's an amazing experience, and it and it feels great there's there's not many feelings better than that in the world i do not feel this good <laughs> that is that is just beyond what i'm capable of mm. 
so if I if I could be in a chrysalis and then like come out with that ability, I think I would. Yeah. So not bad. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice, Ian. I'm feeling good about that choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you would do. You would. That's what I would do. Become goo and then like come out a turtle. <laughs> like, how do you think? How do you think Ronald would feel about that? Like, one day, like you're, there's like a cocoon hanging over your bed. It's you. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, where did Ian go? And like, there's a bunch of scientists coming over trying to study it, and they're just like, "We analyzed the DNA in this, and it's this is Ian." Sissy, and she's mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck?" And then, like, like it, it ruptures, and then out out comes you, and like you shit some organs, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's you as a turtle, yeah. And like in a strange way, like people can like uh, recognize your face and like the turtle's face and the beak and stuff like that. Like like there's like a red patterning where like your beard was that like. Uh, they, that that people just like this is this really is Ian, but he's he's just a literal turtle, <laughs> and like so Bronwyn, she she keeps you around obviously because it's you know she married you she's you're, you're her husband yeah for but, better or worse for better or worse Bitch. it's worse now, <laughs> and then like there's gonna but there's gonna be nights where like as a turtle you're like just like just mounting her. <laughs> Because you need that. <laughs> She's gonna be like, no, Ian Turtle, no, Ian Turtle, and like, it'll get to the point where like, you kind of pressure her to become a turtle herself. Yeah, that would be kind of awkward, I guess. You know, and then like, she'll be the chrysalis, and mm-hmm. she'll become a turtle. Do you think Bronwyn would do that for you? I bet she would. You think she would? And then, like, you guys would just both be my like little fucking turtles. <laughs> <laughs> just. Just throwing leaves down at you. Yeah. Like, I have to will you to my... I have to make children so that I can will you to my children so I know someone's taking care of you. Because you're going to live so fucking long. Yeah. Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) It is crazy that, like, tortoises, like, become endangered and extinct when, like, they have that much of a good time fucking. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I mean... It's people, I guess. People... Fucking killing them for no reason. Mm-hmm. Habitat problems. I guess so. If I could be a city tortoise, that would be. You're my city tortoise. <laughs> you're not. You're not dealing with this country tortoise bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you want to. You want You want a fast life. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be cool. Like I, I'll be a sauropod. I'll be an enormous creature, mm-hmm. and you're just. You're just my little fucking friend. Yeah. You know. I don't know if uh, sauropods. Like, had a much sex. There's like a lot of debate in this paleontological community, like even just physically how they would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like so much about those giant creatures are unknown. Like, we people don't even know how they got blood up to their brain. Yeah, from so large, from so large a creature across so huge amount of space. Hearts would have to be pretty large. Hearts would have to be huge. Like some, some have said like there's multiple hearts involved and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like, that's just like those like simple logistics of just how does the internals work? Mm-hmm. No one has any clue how they fucked. <laughs> that is a complete mystery. Yeah. You know, that's something like if I became a paleontologist, that would be like my leading 
I would like be like taking a bunch of how do they teams. fuck though? <laughs> yeah, how do they fuck? I'd be taking grad students out to the field. I'd be like, you're finding fossils of these giant creatures boning. <laughs> you're not coming back into civilization until I see some boning animals, sauropods specifically. Because these things, I mean, they're like uh, three football fields long. Mm-hmm. You know, they're huge. They're, I want to say they're, they're not bigger than a blue whale. Maybe they are. I need to look it up. Biggest, not burst. Doing some live searching. Biggest sauropod. Um... Let's see. Well, Argentinosaurus seems to be seems to be the one that they're talking most most about here. Mm. Let's see. Let's see how big it was. It was the largest land animal ever known. Um, one hundred metric tons and a hundred and thirty-one feet long. So, imagine fucking. When you're that big. Mm-hmm. It sounds dangerous. Yeah. Like trees are getting knocked over. <laughs> but I bet in order for them to be motivated to do such a dangerous act, mm-hmm. the pleasure's got to be through the roof. So I feel like super, uh, Argentinosaurus, the, these super sauropods, mm-hmm. I feel like they probably, you know, sounded a lot like this. I hope so. I'm going to edit it so that it's like an octave. <laughs> I was, no, I was going to say, I, I would like to see such a large animal have like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do have like kind of tiny heads compared <laughs> To, to the rest of their body. <laughs> I can see that. Um, all right, man. So we're like, we, we've, we've got a solid hour-long butterfly episode. Hell yeah. One of our better episodes, I think, actually. There's something about that theme. Like, we're coming here shooting from the hip and, and, and we miss. But we come here with a theme, a target. Mm-hmm. We hit it every time. Yeah. So... Tommy, Ian, what did we learn today? Uh, we learned that butterflies are pretty interesting creatures and that uh, we have a lot to learn from them in terms of uh, personal change, personal growth. Yeah. Thinking about how that ref- uh, kind of impacts our own lives and uh, how our actions can impact the world at large. Exactly. Like every, like even just, even just your own personal life. Yeah. You know, like if we weren't on OK Cupid as like little, little, little darling children trying to, trying to get ours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would have never started Scottcast. And I guarantee you, when you signed up for OK Cupid, like in the middle of the night, probably with your pants off. Probably, yeah. 
Like you did not think Scott Cast was not Scott on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm gonna start a podcast after this. <laughs> but maybe I did. <laughs> All right, man. Why don't you, why don't you lead us out for this one? All right. Thank you. Hear from us at the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. We bid the adieu. See you later, Scottcastigators. All hail Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Oh shit, it's Godzilla! <laughs> 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 All right.